Hi. Couple of things. One, we are switching to a Thursday upload schedule from now on, as you may have actually noticed already. Number two, this particular episode about affluenza will almost certainly get you annoyed. It did me. So if you want to skip the part where I get on my um, overwrought, angry, frustrated high horse, it's about minutes, what is it, 10 through 23 or so. I apologize ahead of time, but rich, evil people who get off by privilege really is kind of a hot button for me. So please enjoy, though. You're going to like this one. A lot of conflict. Go. Okay. Oh, record. Hi, everyone. This is the word... The word, a this new is, podcast about. This is the word about. It's about grammar. The good word. Oh, this is the weird world podcast. I'm Dean. I'm Jack, and I'm Carrie. I thought you changed it into a Bible podcast. No, no, that's our next one coming up. Look for it. <laughs> Look for it on iTunes. That'd be a good one. Yes. So today, Carrie is going to do something she's not telling us about, as seems usual lately. She's been keeping her stories closely wrapped. Mm-hmm. Okay, what's it about? Tell us all about it right now. Give us a preface. Or are you just nope. going to roll it out? Okay. I'm just going to go right into it. Go. Late. Wait, how am I going to title oh it? Let alone, what kind of timeline am I going to do? Do I need a timeline? Will I need a timeline? Sure. Okay, I'm ready. Late Saturday evening, okay. June 15th, 2013. Oh, hey. A young chef at a private club. Her name, she was 24 years old. Her name was Brianna Mitchell. On her way home from work, when she got a flat tire on her Mercury Mountaineer. Nice. So she swerved off the road. Oh, this was in Texas, by the way. Texas, okay. Everything happens in Texas. So she swerved off the road. She knocked over a mailbox and then ended up on some grass at the edge of a front lawn on Burleson Retta Road. It was a... Little two lane, unlit street, no shoulders, you know, cutting through a, you know, nice neighborhood um, outside of Fort Worth, Texas. Okay. Worth. So it was a little bit past 11 when all this happened. And the PM? Yes. Okay. She was, this is a residential area she's uh-huh. going? That's weird. Driving yeah. home through like a, I mean, did she live nearby? Is Probably. That? Yeah, she's okay. going home. Okay. Well, what? why else? I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, usually you're on the highway and then you you get to the a residential area when you're very near your home, right? So was she very near her home? I don't know how near she was okay. her home. It's a does question. It, does it matter? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm just trying to get the facts straight, okay. man. Uh, well, the people that lived in the house whose mailbox she hit and whose front lawn she ended up very near, their names were Holly and Eric Boyles. Nice Texas people, so they come out to help her, and their 21-year-old daughter, Shelby, comes out too. And then, a few minutes later, because this is Texas, where people are nice and help each other, a man named Brian Jennings stopped his car. And starts shooting off a gun. Nope. Okay. Brian Jennings was a youth minister returning. I was literally about to (laughs) say he was going to start reciting Bible passages. No. He's just stopping to help. He was actually returning from his son's graduation party. So he stopped his pickup truck on the side of the road and offered to help. Okay. He had 
two middle school aged boys in his truck with him. He told them, stay in the truck. Were they his children? Probably. (laughs) I'm already suspicious. I hope so. I'm assuming one was his son and the other was his son's friend. So, but anyway, he told them because it was dark, there were not lights on the on this road. It wasn't yeah, which lit. is weird. Yeah, but for it to be a nicer, you said residential nicer, area. Yeah, but it was bucolic. Mm-hmm. Trying to look like they're out in the country. Rustic. Sure, it's I, also I, Texas. No sidewalks. No. They ain't got lights in Texas. I don't know, <laughs> but you know. Yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> they have electricity. <laughs> well, I know they have electricity. Okay, so yes. But, you know. <laughs> I don't know. So anyway, um, he told the two boys to stay in the truck with their seatbelts on. Brianna, the, the driver of the car that had the tire blowout, was also calling her mom. So she was on the phone with her mom explaining to her what was going on. That's what I would do, too. So this group of people, they're all assembled to assess the damage to Brianna's car Eric, the the dad from the house, grabbed his mailbox and, uh, you know, walked up to the house to put it in his garage. But what in her garage? The mailbox that she knocked over. Oh, okay. So that probably so he could fix it the next day. Mm -hmm. So while he's doing that, he hears a crash. Uh Uh-oh. No. I was waiting for something weird. Oh, no. Yep. Is it the two kids in the the truck? We'll see. Yeah. A neighbor, there was an, so he heard the crash from his garage. A neighbor who was watching a movie with headphones on heard it too. That's weird. And came out to see what was going on. Another neighbor, nearly half a mile away, heard something. He thought it was an explosion. What? It was a red Ford F 350 truck going more than 70 miles an hour. Why? Damn. Because kids. Oh my god, I think I know what this is. Barreled out of the the dark because like I said it was not well lit. Off the road into the grass, slamming into Brianna's mountaineer. And then Brianna, Holly, Shelby, and Brian. Killing all four of them. Oh my god. Damn. So Brianna, Holly is the daughter. Holly is the mother. The mother. Shelby's, Shelby's the, the daughter. daughter. Shelby's the daughter. Brian's the concerned father. Mm-hmm. Okay. Killed all four of them. Good lord! What in the, the truck, Ford? I think I know what this is. Yeah, in the truck there were six teenagers in the cab mm-hmm. and two sitting in the bed of the truck. So this truck with all these kids in it hit, then hit the pickup truck that Brian Jennings was driving with the two buckled up boys in it. What the fuck? Jesus! And then it flipped into a tree, landed upside down. When it hit the pickup truck with the two boys in it. It pushed that into the road, where it then hit an oncoming car, a Volkswagen Beetle. There were seven 911 calls placed within four minutes, and it was just chaos. A woman was telling the operator she had just driven up to the scene of an accident, and then as she's telling the operator, she interrupts herself saying, oh, there's another child in the ditch. And the operator tells her to stop screaming and asks her how many cars are involved. And the woman says, ma'am, I can't tell. It's dark. There's kids laying in ditches. There's kids laying in the street. And you can hear moaning. I don't listen to 911 calls. Me neither. I don't Are they want to. Play it? No. Absolutely I, I not. I haven't listened to it, and I don't plan on it. Traumatic. You can if you want those dreams. I, I don't even know if they're available. Good. Well, I think they are. So. Aren't all 911 calls like publicly available by de- law? I don't know. I think it probably depends on the state. Yeah. So maybe well, who knows about TX? 
I don't like him unless I know for sure that it's like a fake some man who killed his wife and he's you know faking that he found her body and he's you know uh, pretending to be crying mm. and oh it's the Menendez yeah. brothers when they called back after they reported their yeah. parents yeah. murdered and the police called them back and they're like yellow howdy howdy ho oh I mean I mean oh my god are you the police are you gonna be here soon that one uh-huh there's another call from a drunken teenage boy saying, we need some ambulances. It's bad. We flipped end. And then he, he paused. So one of the teenagers yeah. in the truck. Okay. He paused because he saw something. And yeah. then he said, oh, God. The operator asked how many people needed help. And he said, dude, I have no idea. <laughs> so he's a, he's a classy guy. Yeah. How many uh, teenagers were in the red truck? That Six. 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 Good. Okay. That's already. As you said, two in the bed. That shouldn't be legal. Four in the cab. Yeah. Two in the bed. Okay. Is that legal in tech? Probably. Oh, to drive in the bed of a truck? Probably. Yeah, who knows? Pieces of mangled metal and human remains were scattered over nearly 300 feet of the road. A sheriff's deputy said the scene looked more like a plane crash than a car wreck. The drive... 70 miles an hour, not a millisecond of braking. Probably not. Doesn't sound like it. Just pl- piled right into a mm-hmm. stationary vehicle. Yeah, yeah. and presumably with people. emergency lights on. We don't. I don't know that for a fact, but yeah, probably. most likely. Yeah, probably. yeah, yep. The driver of that car of that truck was a 16 year old boy named Ethan Couch. Who Ethan shall Couch? Forever Recon- recognize that name? Yes, I do. In hell, he was seen being walking tortured al- by Satan personally for the rest of eternity. Don't spoil it, Ethan, bitch. you sack of shit. If I saw you on the street, I would beat the shit out of you. Calm Ethan. down. Dean. I despise him. We well, all do. okay, but... Ugh, he makes me so pissed off. Well, anyway, he was seen walking away from the wreckage, which is par for the course. The person responsible, able to walk away. His blood alcohol yeah. level was 024 Three times oh the legal limit for an adult, which of course he wasn't. He also had Valium and marijuana in his system. <sighs> Dean's mad. Yeah, I am. <laughs> I'm mad the rest of the podcast, by the way. So just <laughs> I know, and you're going to get madder. <laughs> well, obviously, there were consequences for poor little Ethan. We were there. Did he get put on restriction? He eventually pled guilty to four counts of intoxication manslaughter for killing Brianna, Holly, Shelby, and Brian, and two counts of intoxication assault for the two teenagers who were injured when they were thrown from the bed of the truck when it flipped. So his friends. Uh, he, he did have a defense lawyer, even though he pled guilty, so he wasn't defending himself in the charges, but for the sentencing. So his defense lawyer's surprising argument was that he had been a victim of his own family's wealth and how he had grown up without repercussions for bad behavior and a psychologist used the word affluenza. Yes. Do you need to name the psychologist to shame that psychologist because he also or she is a horrific sack of shit. I do have his name in here. Well, say it proud. What is it? (laughs) Name and shame. Miller. Dox that piece of shit. No, yes. calm down. No, he's a monster. You don't gotta be doxing people. Well, say his name and his home phone number. That's doxing. I, I <laughs> and his email number. and his address. 
You, so, have, you better say his name. You have his name. Right? I do have his name okay. in here. It's just not on this page. I'll okay. say it when yeah, I get to Yeah, you be it. jumping the gun a lot right now. Oof. You better calm your hoofies. I'm going I'm to name the... <laughs> okay, hold on. Carrie, hold on. Let me calm my hoofies real quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you do need to calm your hoofies. Okay. Now I'm going to name the judge, Dean. Ready? Yeah. Write this down. Okay. Oh, yeah, this bitch. After three days of testimony, Judge Gene Boyd sentenced Ethan to time in a cushy California rehab center. Oh, Lord. And 10 years probation. Well, okay. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> well, I mean, Jesus. The case. I, I, I'm sure that judge was a law and order, lock him up, right-wing Republican. I guarantee it was. Who who, who uh, put him on the bench, do you know? Yeah, I bet you money it was Bush. I think it was a girl, a woman, female. Oh, it's, it's Jean, J-E-A-N? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to look it up. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty safe to say it would have been a Republican. It would have have to be, but yeah. A, yeah. a law and order Republican. Mm-hmm. So this case and the portmanteau affluenza, as you, one might imagine, sparked national outrage. It's disgusting, Dr. Drew Pinsky told Anderson Cooper on CNN. He said it was a cute, clever twist of a phrase, but that the psychologist should be ashamed of himself for having brought it in the courtroom. And even more shameful was that the judge fell for that nonsense. See, here's that's a real psychologist. This is what I've said for a long, long time. You know, lawyers hide behind this adversarial adversarial system. We have to do this. No, you don't have to invent nonsense. You don't have to make shit up. You don't have to lie for your client. You don't have to. uh, slur someone else because you have to point the finger at someone else. You, none of those things are necessary to give your client a fair defense. The truth is necessary. If you have to do things that are not the truth to defend your client, you're not doing anyone a service except for injustice. It's supposed to be the justice system, not the whose lawyer is smarter than the other lawyer's system, which is what it has become. And so any of those lawyers who say, I'm just doing my job, go fuck yourself. You're not doing your job. You're part of the evil you should be worse than this bar. You've been in prison with your despicable client, and you should probably go ahead and um, do terrible things. I'm not going to say it. Yeah, uh, I was Judge about to say. I was like, you, Gene, you might have to. I just about did. Gene Hudson Boyd is a Republican who assumed office in 1995, which means George W. Bush nominated her. Gross. Mm-hmm. That was Dean's criminal justice corner. Justice. Yep corner but right i mean i know th- this this one is is a glaring example of how our system is not interested in justice is interested in this adversarial that system is invented by lawyers for lawyers to, so they can hide behind that well, and accept money for doing evil yes yeah. except this isn't part of the whole adversarial part of it because he was pleading guilty okay. they weren't okay stop you right there of course what? it is it, it's well, part of the, I know, it's but... part of the same system that that's that's beyond niggling that's that's well, a that's a distinction in search of any meaning whatsoever that it, it's absolutely part of that system and the system that has been set up by courts and lawyers to benefit judges and lawyers period so they can hide behind this nonsense about i have to do everything for my client bullshit you do not have to lie you do not have to invent nonsense to get your despicable, murderous client into a freaking rehab center and 10 years of probation. You, know, you don't have to do that. You chose to do that because you're a sack of shit, too. Yeah, I, but Miller, I also have Miller. the feeling that that would have happened regardless of, of claiming the affluenza defense. I'm just saying because he was still a rich kid. You know what I mean? I, yeah, I know, I know. But whatever. So, so his. So, what's your point? So they could uh, um, another 
sleazy lawyer could have thought of some other dishonest defense to get this rich kid off because they're rich and powerful. Yeah, same way. It's just a different kind of evil. It's a different, yeah. in my mind, it's a different transgression. It needs to be, it needs to be stopped. Lawyers who invent these things and for, who lie for the client and, th- you know, do things like that should be gone. They should be disbarred. I mean, I, don't get me wrong, there should be a hearing, but if, it, it happens all the time. Um, K, uh, Casey Anthony, right? The, the woman who murdered her daughter in Florida. Yes. Who absolutely 100% murdered her daughter in Florida. She, uh, remember her lawyer, Found, remember the one that it, it centered on searches on her computer, right? Mm-hmm. And the state hired apparently a dipshit IT specialist who didn't find those searches that were things like, you know, how to get, I can't remember exactly, but how to yes. get rid of a body, how to, things like yeah. that, right? Uh, her lawyer, who I, who I name, I can't remember, we should insert it here because he also deserves shame and infamy. He, his, their IT person did find those files. They knew full well that she had done the searches. That is to say, he yeah. knew full well Casey Anthony murdered her little kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So you and and they didn't say a word and they hid that. I don't care if that's legal. The reason that's legal is because lawyers wrote that those rules. I know. Okay. Are you arguing with me? Like I think well, that's okay. I'm, no, no, I'm not. I guess I'm soapboxing. <laughs> you look like I'm. Yeah, you're attacking me. This, this is one of the things that pisses me off more than anything else in the world. Our so entire, attackatory. Our entire justice system needs to be o- well, overhauled agreed. from the, and, the ground up. And that Retweet. one's the, the easiest one in the world. The discovery process or the should whatever should go both ways. Yeah, the defense should have to disclose everything but to here's the prosecution the thing. as well. What, in this system, they've made it sort of, look, it's unethical if I tell the truth. Literally, yeah, it's that, that's that's insane. That's crazy. That's bizarre. World. I don't think they would ever admit it in those words. But that's basically he admitted it after fact that it would be unethical to tell the but, truth. I, I don't know if he said that, but probably. I, I, well, it would be unethical to, to 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 um confidentiality you know, compromise my clients yeah. By, yeah. By my clients yeah confidentiality yeah Bullshit. fuck your confidentiality yeah. if your client no, says her kid if what your the client fuck? says I did it you should have a duty. To go tell the law that my well, client did it. Fuck confidentiality. Do. That's utter bullshit. But you know what I think. I think our whole entire system should be scrapped and it should be completely different. Yes. I, 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 100% different. Yeah. It should be in, in the pursuit of justice, not in the pursuit. Uh, justice and truth, not in the pursuit of this adversarial nonsense, which is just a great way for lawyers mm-hmm. to make a shitload of money. Yeah. I agree. My system would also be kinder. And gentler. Yes. Mine might not be kinder, but it'd be better. It'd be more more justice-oriented. That's Uh, why we need a combination. Yes. And affluence, a kid would be in jail for the rest of his miserable life. I agree. And and that lawyer would be disbarred. He'd get a life without parole sentence. You brought a completely fictional bullshit defense. You don't have a right to lie. Because it's in defense of your client, I don't Who give a shit. It's killed four people. Yeah, no, I agree that you don't have a right to lie, but he wasn't lying. Yeah, I mean, pretty much. No, he. You think he didn't know his defense was utter nonsense? Affluenza. Yeah. Carrie, don't well, answer that until you realize everybody in the world thinks it's bullshit. So yes, he did too. Well, of course I. Th- well, so he's that's the that's still a lie. I'm saying something I know is not true. How is that not a lie? I, the lawyer, am saying he, my client he, should be excused because of affluenza. I know affluenza is complete bullshit. I'm lying. Giving it a name, affluenza, like... Whatever. Can you let me finish yes, the sentence? Jesus Christ. Giving it a name, affluenza, like this is a diagnosis or this is a recognized psychological term is not accurate. But I And I haven't read the transcripts of the thing. I don't know if that's what he was saying. But the what he was saying is... This kid has lived his entire life yeah. 
without any consequences. And so the, this, the result is his out-of-control behavior. That, that's He's a kid. He has never learned because he hasn't been taught by the adults in his life that there are consequences for bad behavior. That's precisely what I'm saying. I just called it influenza. I'm saying the same thing. So insert everything you just said from my word affluenza and my statement stays the same. So a but lawyer where's the says, lie in that? Where's the lie because in the lawyer is I making an said. argument he knows is nonsense. The argument you just made is utter nonsense. That, That's not nonsense. Of course it is, Carrie. So, so kids, so someone who's Do, led, a, I am, someone who's led a privileged life, you've just given them a get out of fucking jail. Did I card. say that? Yes, because you no. said it's not a nonsensical defense. Of course, it's a nonsensical no. defense. Those words are not nonsense. Those facts are not lies. Does that mean? He should not th therefore have consequences for his current behavior. I didn't say that. No, of I, course he should. Okay, but you just said something I disagree with, which is those f those statements aren't lies. They hundred percent are. They are nonsense. They aren't. You said they are not nonsense. Yes, they are. So I'm I'm going to step beyond you. You're saying I, I of course I agree that there still should be consequences, but I also would argue that the entire argument that the the lawyer may whatever you want to call it I'm just calling it affluenza as a shorthand is utter bullshit is nonsense is a ridiculous argument and he knew that and he's the lawyer knew that going well, in we're going to have to agree to I mean, disagree think about that I mean obviously so you really have you, you so okay you haven't given a get out of jail free no, card well of then course not. well then why make the argument if there isn't mitigation he the, his lawyer is making an argument well, in order to mitigate his sentence okay then I, I'm not saying if I were that judge, I would not consider it a mitigating factor. But you're saying the argument is valid. What we're calling affluence is a valid defense. Correct? I'm not saying it's a valid defense. I'm saying it's all true. And you're saying no. he should be disbarred for lying. Because He's he is. He's not lying. It's so not, you, it's all you true. think he believes it? Yes. You have to You have to think he believes that's that. That's what you say? The lawyer. The lawyer yes, has I'm to sure believe what he's saying. Not, not, not just the fact that it's true. Who cares? There's only, there's only, it's only, uh, there's only reason to make that argument is if it's mitigation. If it, mitigatory, is that a word? I don't know if that's a word or not. Mitigating. Is if it mitigates his guilt. There's no other reason to make that argument, whether it's fact. Well, of course, that's yeah. why he's making you're that saying, argument. Is it fact? Okay, then. Uh, and he that's... knows that's a nonsense argument as a, as a means to mitigate his guilt. That's the only reason he's making that argument. He knows that's bullshit. Saying my kid was rich and ha didn't understand consequences, therefore, that should mitigate his sentence and mitigate his guilt. That's what the lawyer is saying. Yes. There's no other reason to bring up those facts of him growing up rich. He knows that's bullshit. He's a piece of shit. It just is. Th well, I'm not arguing whether or not he's a piece of shit. I'm just arguing whether or not those facts are true. I, of course they're true. That's meaningless, though. Well, I know. That's All why you're we got the into kid this grew, whole thing, because you're kid, saying lying, lying, lying. I, I, okay, good Lord. That's just fine. I mean... It's, it's, maybe, maybe lying is not the right word. Using uh, improper argument to mitigate your client's defense. That's what he's doing. That should be wrong. That's not okay. That shouldn't be Okay. Okay. It's like, like the tweaky defense for Dan White, who murdered uh, Mayor George Marsconi and Harvey Milk mm -hmm. in San Francisco. So, I, I, same thing for that. I know I was going to get into that, but there was just okay. too much. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not going to talk oh, okay. about it, but I figured that could be a separate one. But yes, you're right. <laughs>
The Twinkie defense is even more ridiculous, in my opinion. I, I, yeah. So anyway, equally ridiculous. basically, this was the child of a well-off family escaping consequences by saying he'd always avoided consequences his entire life. Could, my it, biggest issue Couldn't anyone it? say that, by the way? No. Sure they could. Why do, you get, why do your parents have to be rich to, say, to have that? They could have been incredibly indulgent parents who, let their, who never had boundaries and consequences for oh, their sure. kids. Why not? I think it's yeah. just more common for rich parents I, to be more laissez-faire yes. to that point. Well, or, or you know, more they cover for the kids because they basically. have the means to do, to True. do so. Yes. Yeah. Well, my biggest issue with it is yeah. it's, it's just more proof that we have separate justice systems yes. in this country. The rich kid gets off because they always get off. They never get in trouble for anything, and their parents can afford to hire lawyers who think of these things and poor kids poor kids if their lawyer tried to make the case your honor this kid has a single mom the dad left when he was a baby yeah the single mom has to work three jobs so she's not around to supervise him and give him consequences you know he's been getting in trouble for the last few years do you think a judge would go easy on the minority kid from the inner city using the same exact defense? No. Almost certainly not. Yeah. But I will say this. I think that defense would be equally bullshit and equally wrong to, to I bring agree. But, but that tells you the difference. People yeah, no feel, question. Yeah. Absolutely. So. Yeah, yeah. This case is held up as a, a stark highlighting of these two justice systems, one yes. for the rich, one for everyone else. Yeah. But I don't think, you know, you don't hear it talked about in those terms no. as much. Yeah, probably because the affluenza thing became such a the hook, yeah. the, high, the, the headline for this, yeah. as opposed to just rich kid gets off. Yes, and I would rather it have been couched in terms of the difference between the wealthy and the non-wealthy. Uh, yes, but there's other instances of that. This was a glaring instance of, like I said, not to beat it up, but sleazy lawyers doing shitty dishonest defenses and we need that highlight hugely yeah well and because like i said i have a feeling highlighted highlighted i like highlighted. you're not doing well with like the transformation of words today mitigatory mitigatory i'm gonna stand by i'm gonna stand by mitigatory and highlight but i actually think like i said earlier i don't think a sentence would have been much different I mean, I don't, I don't know that I don't know. this necessarily swayed the judge all that Okay, much. so you're saying the judge was oh, just looking for a reason to give him a light sentence and the defense you know, lawyer it, provided it. You know, it probably happens every day in this country. The rich white kid who has gone to the good private school who will probably get into a good college, right? Not anymore. What's his mm-hmm. name? Brock. Yes. Brock Turner. Brock Turner. There was another one recently oh yeah where I know talking about, oh, God, going to, to prison would yes. ruin the kid's life yes it's like kentucky life. or something like that or yeah, no, say. where yeah the judge literally said oh this will just ruin his life yeah. if he can't go uh, to a, a, a ivy league school yeah. oh my god yeah that judge yeah that so punk it was a, it was a sexual assault too i believe probably. right yeah okay second ago you mentioned how that judge you think would not have done the same thing to a poor kid, yes, right, as she did to Ethan Crouch. Okay, so, so I, I looked this up for uh, Jean Boyd, and just so I was, you know who who uh, who put her on the bench, whatever. So this is Wikipedia. It says that uh, boy in 2004, 
Jane Boyd sentenced a, a kid named Eric Miller, a 16-year-old from a poor family, to 20 years in prison for killing one person while driving drunk. Mm-hmm. Ethan Boop. Couch, who killed four, injured at least two others, yep. if I counted that right, Yep. gets a million-dollar rehab. Ten probation. years probation. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Close yeah. and shut. You know, hanging out, with a Car- <laughs> hanging out with a Kardashian in California for a little while, and then... Mm-hmm. Ten years probation. He went and hung out with Lindsay and Amanda Bynes, and then like, <laughs> <He did. laughs> and Lennon, Amanda Bynes blamed him for trying to steal her soul when she took a, when he took a picture of her. Yeah. Oh God. Inside scoop. Inside, yeah. yeah. We had a family member who uh, had an encounter. Will you be careful now? I will. I will. Yeah. Say we had an encounter with the one and only Amanda Bynes, and she really is a little crazy, at least according to this encounter. Okay. Sorry. No, we might have to cut that. Yeah. We're gonna get Sorry. sued by Amanda Vines. Sorry. I. She's doing better. She yes. is on the road. She's back. We're rooting for you, Amanda. I actually really like Amanda Bynes. Me too. I thought she was very funny and very yeah. talented. She went through a very tough time. Yeah. She was ill. I liked her literally. Yeah, exactly. In, um, oh, that movie where Paul Giamatti turned blue. Oh, a big fat liar. Big fat liar. She was really good in that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? I couldn't remember. The Anywho, okay. Now we're going to uh, examine the affluenza kid's childhood a little bit here. To see if it holds water. Yeah. Which, hmm, verdict. See if maybe, so we can go back in time and strangle him in his crib? Is see if maybe mean? Dino will have Whoa. a little bit more sympathy <laughs> for him. Oh, don't count on Go ahead. I, I have an open mind. Go ahead. He's your age, Jack. He was born like in that. 1997. And his parents, Fred and Tanya... They were getting divorced in 2006, and so there were court-ordered psychological evaluations of both of them and Ethan. What year? 2006. So he's nine years old, okay. Yeah, Yeah, he's nine years old. So, And there were social workers assigned to interview them, and so there are reports and, you know, evidence of what was going on in the family at this time. So that's where this comes from. You only got two Christmases now. (laughs) Fred. Yeah told the social worker that their marriage had been a mistake from the start. He said that his wife, Tanya, had a pill addiction and that she had given Vicodin to Ethan more (laughs) than once. A pill pill addiction. Why is that funny? Anison. She didn't, she liked Anison. No. Sometimes goodies headed powders. Probably, yeah, Vicodin. Okay, so the nine-year-old's getting Vicodin. And probably Valium because Ethan had Valium in his You don't want to even it out. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, what? I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. I hated Vicodin. We I don't know Vicodin anything about it. After my niece, my first knee surgery, and it made me very anxious. So even though I was in humongous pain, I was off. At, well, I think I took one or maybe yeah. two, maybe two, and then I was done. Yeah. Good. And I had like thirty, yeah. which I did not sell. No. And they, I probably did you flush them? Probably, God damn it! I don't it. think no, so. I'm no, sure we just threw them away. They sat in our. So then a landfill. They're probably still in a, no, in a medicine long, cabinet they're somewhere. Gone. They're long gone. Are they? Yeah, hopefully. But when? I did not flush them and get fish addicted. I did, yeah, I did not do that. No, we meth I, alligators. No, we would not. Have <laughs> meth alligators. Anyway, he also <laughs> said that she had threatened to commit suicide. And that she referred to nine-year-old Ethan as her protector, which is a little bit weird. That's fucking weird. And at this time, remember, Ethan is nine years old. His mom had moved a bed into her bedroom for Ethan to sleep in it. Okay. So he was sleeping. Okay. So he should probably get at least four. You know, he should get five murders. murders Oh, be quiet. He's got one to go. And like how... 
how many bedrooms did they probably have in yeah. their home? <laughs> Plenty, probably. Says mom is needy and weird and pill Tanya addicted. said that the marriage was ending because Fred was verbally and physically abusive. He called her names and he often grabbed her by the hair and that once he threw her into a fireplace. What? She had two kids, two older kids from a previous marriage. And she said that Fred had pushed and choked her daughter from her first marriage and that during a fight, he threatened to burn the house, burn the house down. Ethan's half So it's standard divorce case. You just... Yeah. Every every bad fat. Well, sure. Every bad fight that you had, you bring everything up and every nuance. You you embellish a little bit. You probably do. I mean, on both sides do. Don't get me wrong. They absolutely do. Right? (laughs) You think this is standard? uh, In divorces, you always bring up nasty things about the other person. Yeah, that's standard. And and. Bad yeah, divorces, but what I nasty things would you bring up about me? I don't, I mean, oh, don't I, get me started. I, w- I wouldn't say that you threatened to burn the house down and threw me into a fireplace. I might. <laughs> say that about <laughs> you. <laughs> well, and Ethan's sister said that she saw Fred slap her mother when she was pregnant with Ethan. Wait a second. Just just so we're clear, you don't think people in bad divorce cases make shit up? No. no she just you, doesn't think the actual literal content of the accusations are standard. You're just like, oh, oh so it's okay, just your it, standard I know. divorce. Okay. <laughs> I was I mean, like, what? <laughs> it's, it's generically standard. They're, they're throwing shit at each other. Well, yes, okay. yes. Okay. But, you know, if these are true or even partially true, this gives us an idea of what Ethan's home life was like. Actually, I've just looked that up. In 51% of divorce proceedings, someone accused the other of throwing them in a fire pit. Like, fact, fact right <laughs> okay. here. Okay. Right here. On this source that I'm not naming. Okay. Tanya also accused Fred of having multiple affairs and manipulating family members with money. The police were often called to their house, including during one of the social workers' visits. <laughs> oh, my God. So there are a couple of classy, classy yes. rich Texans. And officers occasionally advised Fred to leave the residence when they were called. Mm-hmm. There had never been any arrests. In the 80s, it would have been Donna Mills and, um, no, no, it would have been two of the people from Dynasty would have played Patrick them on Duffy. the uh, Hallmark Hall of Fame. <laughs> Patrick Duffy and Victoria Principal. Principal. There you go. There they, you go. They were married in Dynasty, I believe. And the kid would have been Haley Joe Osment, gone back in time. Okay. He was not born yet. Although Fred was arrested at one point when he punched someone on a construction site. Oof. Well, he was uh, a, what, a developer I builder? don't know why. I'll so he can abuse his family all yeah. day. But <laughs> he didn't serve time for that. He was arrested, but that was it. Well, because you know why? He was rich. Yep. Yeah. Both parents admitted they never followed court-mandated visitation schedules. So just openly like, fuck your laws. Yeah. Ethan <laughs> lived mostly with his mom. In a 4,000-square-foot ranch house in Burleson, Texas. Downsizing. Which, that was the home that the family had lived in from the time Ethan was three. Mm. It sat on six acres, had a pool, a playground, a barn, and a 6,000-square-foot workshop. Wait, what? Wait, the workshop's bigger than the house. Yes. uh, uh, 50% bigger than the house. Wait, what? (laughs) Yep. What were they doing there? I, I have know. no What's idea. What's going on in that workshop? Metallurgy? Like, are they making Valium? Is it like a Valium <laughs> and Vicodin manufacturing? Could you imagine a 6,000 square foot? I mean, no. No. It's ridiculous. a warehouse. It's a factory. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I think they were, yeah, I think they were a Sanofi manufacturing <laughs> yeah, I don't know plant. What's going on? Fred stopped by the house a few times a week. And only once in a while would Ethan stay with his <laughs> to friend. To pick up Vicodin. Yeah. <laughs> 
But um, honestly, how old? This is he. So he's 10, 11 years old. Probably. I mean, this is after the divorce. Okay. Yes. Uh, Tanya complained that Fred didn't properly supervise Ethan. Oh, Jesus. But Fred's response to that was, I'm not a mom. So you know what? Apparently, dads don't have to supervise. Not their in kids. 2008. Not yet. Mm-hmm. Not yet. Not in, not in the 21st century. The next door neighbor. <laughs> this is Texas. Go back. They're about 50 years behind yeah. in terms of those social things. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Mores. The next door neighbor said they were decent neighbors, but that in that neighborhood, people generally kept to themselves. They had, you know, most of the yeah. houses had big fences. It was six acres. How could you? Yeah, they could have a kiss over, and they wouldn't know. The driveway had signals. tall gates. I mean, but, yeah, but, so I, said, I didn't hear much of them. Couldn't see them either. Sometimes didn't the kids, know they lived there. I know. Sometimes the kids played together. She had little girls, and she said that Ethan was just a polite, normal child. The social worker also described Ethan as polite and patient. His favorite subjects were math and PE. He liked school and got good grades, except that uh, he was absent 50 days during kindergarten. Jeez. Kindergarten. Lord, <laughs> man. And more than 40 days wow. in second grade. He was cutting what glass to go smoke behind the barn. <laughs> no. he, had, he had to go work in the... Oh, wait. This is before they got divorced, even. Yes. So it's probably days. just, you know, mom doesn't feel like taking you to school. Oh, yeah. You, you know. Yeah. Oh, my God. Where mom the fuck is Kamala hangover. Harris to send her to jail now? You're going to mama do her hair appointment. <laughs> Oh, oh my anyway, God. come take a nap. Come take a vodka nap next to Mama. Yeah, you got your value. Settle your right down. Don't worry. She's the female hormone monster. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take another bubble bath. So, at the end of this report, the social worker wrote that Fred and Tanya Couch continued to exhibit a high degree of animosity and conflict, <laughs> and that one of the biggest concerns was the codependent re- relationship Ethan had with his mom. Yeah, because it's fucking weird. And yeah, the father's is. lack of a consistent relationship. They're polar. Um, opposite yeah. the bed that she had in, in the bedroom with her a crib i was about to say is a toddler bed <laughs> giant crib plastic race car bed yes. no because one of the problems was it said that that they both kind of adultified ethan i don't want to and, know what that means well that they yeah that's an oxymoron how are you gonna have him sleep in yeah, your own room yet still him? somehow well, because she, remember him. she called him her protector and oh yeah so it wasn't her protecting him it was him protecting her yeah and oh, I see. So she was like, if I OD in my sleep, you need to turn me on my side. <laughs> turn my, turn, don't let me vomit oh. back into my mouth, son. Yep. And don't also, let me Jimmy Page. No, sorry. Oh, He's alive. Sad. Damn it. No. Uh, John Bonham. John and Bon Scott. <laughs> so I'm trying to think of all the rock stars who've died by vomiting in their mouth. Yeah, we got all well, of them. Didn't they say Mama Cass? Uh, that's no, not that's not true. It was that she, and she did not choke on a fucking ham sandwich. She had a heart attack. Yeah. yeah, that's not good. So also said that uh, Ethan, they allowed Ethan to become overly involved in adult decisions and adult issues. Their divorce, probably. Jesus. Ethan, should we get really? divorced? <laughs> <laughs> How much should we have? Or sixty forty? Say sixty forty. <laughs> How big should our workshop be? <laughs> Six thousand square oh feet, Mama. Okay, done. Honestly, <laughs> you know what? I'd be okay with a sixty square foot workshop oh, okay six by ten are perhaps eight by seven and a half i don't know i, do <laughs> I don't know things <laughs> so you can work on your furniture yeah okay well. um ethan had his own motorcycle and four-wheeler a motorcycle yep more like a so, murder cycle yeah eventually probably mm-hmm. and like i said one day when the social worker was there the police were called 
I don't know why. And so Fred was talking to the police and the social worker stayed with Ethan and that she wrote that Ethan appeared to be indifferent to the presence of the police cars and officers because it like, happened so often. He's like every person on the show, cops. Yeah. When the cops burst at the front door, they're not surprised. They're, they're like, God damn it. Easy chair. Now, what are you doing here again? He can't stop playing his damn games. <laughs> I treat her as I want to treat her. Yeah, go on now. So around the time Why do we give we really stop gotta stop giving everybody that could have been well, someone in Texas. No, I'm talking about uh, the, oh. the cops episode we just did. Yeah. Uh, we gotta stop doing southern accents. I apologize. Yeah. Well, have you seen cops? Um not in a long, long, long So time. it's, uh, it's not come untrue. On, come on. Could have been in Chicago. Sorry, go ahead. Anyway, around the time of the divorce, they the parents enrolled Ethan in a private academy called the Anderson School. Which just so happened to be situated on White Settlement Road. Wow. Hi, yeah, yeah. Fort Worth. A little on the nose there, guys. Jesus. White Settlement White Road. White Settlement Road. Y'all gotta be changing names. The entire um, student body of this school was white. Well, that goes rich. without saying. Yeah. Twenty to twenty-five kids. What? Are you kidding me? That's the school. Not a school. Yes. The school. Six thousand square feet. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a school. I know. That's of various homeschool. ages. To gain admission, they had to have high IQ scores. No, they didn't. And most were ready for college at 16. Yeah. No, they weren't. No. None of that's true. Not they even. Just I know that's a little sure. Money, 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 money. It's just to make rich people feel good about their kids. About yep. their stupid little wasteful kid. Wasteful? I don't know. That yeah. Means. No. Well. Well, they probably are wasteful. Rich yeah, people true. are pretty that's much true. the worst. <laughs> yeah. But not the, really the point. <laughs> the school's he founder. He used so many water bottles. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> the school's founder was a little new agey. And, but her philosophy was that childhood should be joyous. So it was probably a fairly nice school. Was it Montessori? I probably would have. Oh uh, yeah, it. Well, you wash your feet. What? I guess that's a thing in Montessori schools: washing of the feet. <laughs> really? I didn't According know. to Georgia, and it's a, no, not even just her. It's a thing. So anyway, Tanya enrolled him there when he was nine, and she said, she, okay, so, "So the nine-year-old had an IQ test." And, and was ready for college. Seven years from being, and they can, they knew right then was seven years ready for college. Well, no, it said most are ready for stupid. college at sixteen. I'm embarrassed. Not that them. he definitely would be. But they IQ tested him. They mensed him. Apparently, at nine. Yeah, I was IQ tested younger than nine, which is really fucking weird. It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. It's, it's a joke. It's pretty gross to me. It's like it's like the remember the old ads in uh, the, the TV guy where if you could draw this mouse or something like that, you were an artist, <laughs> yeah, so give us some money for art school. Right? Oh. Well, mine was for the that, That's MGM the kind of IQ program, test. <laughs> you know. Listen to Carrie Bragg over here. She's like, I uh, didn't go I didn't go into them. Neither did I and I was invited to face. Well, our, my, ours was not a separate school like yours was. Mine was a separate school, and my mom left it up to me. And mine that, was up to me, That's kind of like... So um, stupid. Yeah. She adultified so you. I was sixth yeah. grade. I just went to go where my friends were going, and none of them were going there. I was in first grade, and, and I, they gave me the choice between the MGM program and the bilingual program. Mm, you chose bilingual. Where I could learn Spanish. So you made two mistakes. That was a great choice. I is actually Do you still know Spanish? Yes. I was also what? supposed to skip a grade, and I, I said no. I understand it. Why was I given that? I was in third grade. I was supposed to skip to fifth, and I said no. Why to was I given fifth? that? Um, well, not going to fourth. Grade. Not going to fourth. Oh, I see. At the end of third grade. Why? Why would? Why would I be given that choice? Why would that be up to me? But I distinctly well, remember. Well, your it mom was. left it up to you. Oh, okay. 
Because <laughs> yeah. you there. were adultified Dean. I guess I was. Yeah, see? No, she was just smoking, JK, drinking yeah, wine. So, just like, I don't know, you decide. <laughs> anyway, none of our kids qualified for gate. Wow. <laughs> what do you mean? Literally like all of them did. God, damn. Not all of them. I did. You did. I did, yeah. You cannot do that. I can sometimes. Okay, so. No. Oh, let's see. (laughs) (laughs) What? You made a dad noise there. Okay, are you ready? Yeah. Yes. The parents would often get into screaming matches in the parking lot of the school. Oh, class. No shock there. Always in front of Ethan. One time when they were yelling at each other, Fred locked the doors of his truck with Ethan inside. Jesus. And threatened to speed away. The police showed up. No one got in trouble. Fred was always, you know, necky, always angry. Get in trouble for locking the kid inside? Is that what you mean? And threatening to For kidnapping him, him yeah. oh, technically. Because okay. yeah. I locked Rachel inside when she was uh, about a year and a half old. <laughs> an accident, though. There was an accident at a playground. And thankfully, somebody worked, like, I guess for the city because they're trimming trees there with a really skinny arm was able to snake his arm in there and unlock the back, you know, lock the old fashioned lock mechanism. Yeah. So got her out. Yeah. I did it too at the gas station. Mm, They're a monster. Yeah. And I went to ask the guy in the, this is back in the days when they're back behind a A counter. No, like, Inside a building, oh, where I nobody see. can where enter it's with like a, Where it's like a, what's that yeah. word? Yes, they a box still are in, in lots and, of places. And like, yeah. this was in flipping Anaheim Hill or your Belinda. Oh. And they're not allowed to, they're not allowed to leave yeah. the building or whatever. And so I asked, did you, you know, do you have any kind of tool or anything where I can, you know, get my door open? My kids, you know, I can't go far because my baby's in the car. He was going to call the police. Yeah, which probably would have been fine, but I said no, 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 don't do that. I'll let First you know if I can't figure it out, and I figured it out myself. She broke a window. Yeah, they probably wouldn't have arrested you. No, the the window was down a crack, so I just stuck my fingers in it and I pulled it down. Good to know. Good, good to know. That's a safe. <laughs> I know. Well, that was back in the. Was this it was, was an not an electric yeah, window? Yeah, yeah. Oh, were. it was. Yeah. Uh oh. She just yeah. said no. Don't tell people it was, it was a Mazda six two six. Or a Saturn? What was it? Was it was a Saturn. Saturn. Yeah. They don't make those anymore. Yeah, so it was a sure. Sega Saturn. That's probably why. Yeah. Because <laughs> you could pull the windows down. So anyway, okay. So Fred had a short fuse. He was always angry. He was always, you know, wanting to settle arguments with fisticuffs. <laughs> he would rough people up. He was loud. He's the worst. Yeah, he yes. He, uh, Tanya was his second marriage. His first was... He met his wife, his first wife, when he was a 17-year-old senior in high school. She was 30. (laughs) (laughs) Well. So they got married. By the time he was 21. That's really gross. He was the president and owner of Cleburne Sheet Metal. Okay. Cleburne. does large-scale metal roofing. That's what the workshop was. Yep. Mm. Wasn't clear where he got the capital to start the business. But mm. the company had about 40 employees. Drugs. Yeah. And um, the, its website showed photos of like completed commercial jobs all across North Texas. So clearly he was making a lot of money. In 1992, he was stopped for uh, drunk driving. He told the police officer, I make more in a day than you make in a, in a year. Classy. Yeah. Nice guy. Ugh. 
Tanya was born in Paris, Texas. She quit school when she was 15. She was married and pregnant by the time she was 18 and got a divorce less than 10 years later. So she had two kids from that marriage and they were in and out of, you know, her home that she shared with Fred from the time that Ethan was a baby. So I'm assuming they were going to their dads or whatever. She had her own arrest record. (laughs) Which included a charge of reckless driving for running a car off the road. Jesus. And and what was her sentence? Uh, I don't know. It was um, uh, nothing. Yeah, probably just probation. Or I was going to say maybe, maybe probation. Yeah. She didn't maybe have maybe like a, lot of, a driving school. It, she didn't have a lot of consequences for her behavior. Five hundred dollars in a six month community su- yeah. supervision. Yeah, that's what she got for forcing a car off the road yep. with her car. Mm-hmm. License. Good God. Never have one again. Ugh. Oh, it should be much worse than that. She's been in jail. She's yeah. Been, yeah. Well, they got they met and they got married in 1996, and then Ethan was born in April of 1997. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when you said April of 1996, I just want him to be a bastard because he is a bastard. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, one day when Ethan was 13, the the new agey, fancy, schmancy, yeah. teeny tiny. Anderson. School. <laughs> yeah. You think about more new agey, you know, Anderson school. How about the Star Chamber Child Schools? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, she noticed, Ethan was 13, she noticed that he had driven himself to school. Mm. And she was concerned about it, rightly so. <laughs> Hugely illegal, but yeah. So thought she'd talk to Fred, Ethan's dad, about it, and he didn't react well. Mm. He told her that Ethan was the best driver he knew. And that Ethan was going to drive himself to school. He believed that his son was better, more talented, and he was the golden boy. And she wasn't allowed to tell him what he could and couldn't do with his son. And he told her he, that Ethan didn't need to go to college anyway because he would be taking over the family business soon. He was 13 fucking years old. Soon, soon. He's like <laughs> Trump Jr. He's ready. Eric's ready. Oh, my God. If you just give him a treat at the right time, he'll make the right decisions. He's tootin' common. Didn't uh, Fred Couch also threatened to buy the school i was gonna say his response to it was no. i'll buy this school i mean that is uh, that's just <laughs> that's so very donald trump that's literally Schitt's creek yeah is it it's like I'm the seeing. premise is the dad of the rich family buys the town of Schitt's creek as a joke but like they're threatening yeah, yeah okay. to make fun of his son oh jeez so um fred ended up pulling ethan out of the school and enrolled him in a homeschool co-op program <laughs> Which, by the time Ethan was 15, he was done with it. Yeah. So, meaning, I don't think he graduated. No. He just stopped doing the program. So, he's a rich little sh- dumbass mm-hmm. dropout, basically. Yep. But because he, yep. he's super smart, has a super high IQ. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And totally. he's going to run the sheet metal He's going to run the sheet metal company. Takes a genius to run a sheet metal company, I'm sure. <laughs> yes. So, uh, so now we're going to go back to the sentencing hearing. Or by the time of the sentencing hearing, there were seven civil lawsuits filed against Ethan and his parents and because the truck that Ethan was driving was owned by Cleburne Sheet Metal. Oh. Oh, shit. There was a lawsuit against that business Good. as well. Of uh, fucking course it, it seems like the only way you can get justice now is through civil case. I'm going to look at the yeah. O.J. Simpson case. All the wrongful death. Yeah. 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 So these are some of the people that filed lawsuits. There were seven, but there's only four listed here. Eric Boyles. He's the, the guy who's... who's uh, property the accident was on he lost his wife and God. his daughter jesus yeah 
while he was right there, he had to hear it. Brianna's the the girl who had the flat tire. Her mother, who was on the phone with her daughter at the time, basically heard her daughter's last words as the truck crashed into them. Brian Jennings, the youth minister, demonstrating how to be a good Samaritan. He left a wife and three children. And then Sergio Molina, he was... Oh, okay, I think I said the other one was the father, wasn't it? It was Brian Jennings, the father of the mother and daughter who died, survived. Yeah, that okay, was Okay, the youth oil. minister is the one who, the fourth. The, yeah. Okay. He's the one who, who was stopped okay. with the two young middle school boys in his yep. car. Yeah. Sergio Molina was one of the two boys who was in the, the cab or the bed of the truck now paralyzed, oh. and he can only communicate by blinking. Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. He was a good soccer player, and, you know. How about the other kid? Was he badly hurt? Was he um, killed? He wasn't. No, he wasn't killed. Just oh. the four on the side of the road were killed. Oh, it okay. doesn't say, but maybe one of the lawsuits <sighs> was also his. Were any say. of the um, people in Ethan Crouch's truck Badly injured at all? Mm-mm, I don't think so. How does that happen? Why does that happen? It seems to be there. I mean, they're I know, experiencing it, the same impact. Yeah. Well, I think it sounds like the truck was bigger than yeah. the car it's that little, it yeah, hit. It's a huge truck. So it was probably more sturdy in that way. I wonder if it hit it, but I don't sort know. of like cornered into it. You know what well, I mean? Well, what it do you mean? The off. people weren't in the other car, they were on the side of the road. Mm. Oh, did he just okay? Well, yeah, I, they were out of the mountain. Yeah. So he, but they he hit the car, right? There. He hit the car first. Yeah. Oh, and, and then, then hit the car into the people. Yes. Okay. Or he hit the people. Or he okay, just or so both. Smashing yeah. the car and then continues on and hits yeah. the people. Okay. Yeah. And then continues on and hits the the truck parked truck, which then continue goes that goes into the road and, and hits, hits the, the Volkswagen, Volkswagen the bug, Beetle. and then his truck flipped over and yeah. hits a tree. Injuring so how was he? the people in it's the It's amazing, but, but not badly. Apparently not. Well, not what do you mean? The, the uh, passengers were not badly hurt. Except injured. for the ones in the bed. Well, I think Carrie said they weren't that Here, badly hurt. I'll tell you. What, wait, okay. I thought, who, wait, which one was Sergio Molina then? He, he was, was the in kid the bed. In yeah, the that's truck. what I mean. Yeah. He was so. the youth, the, fully the, terribly injured. The Good injured. Samaritan's truck. Oh, I see. You're talking about that truck. Yeah, they, oh, that's yeah, the people yeah. who were injured, right? Yeah. Yeah. No one in Ethan Crouch's truck was hurt that badly, correct? Inside the cab of the truck? Or, or either either one. Inside the cab or inside the bed. I don't care. Yeah, the one inside the bed is paralyzed. And he Sergio Molina oh, was inside the bed of the Ford F-150. One of the small kids no, with I said a youth he pastor. Was in the bed of oh, no. his truck. Okay, my bad. So all of the suits were settled in a group mediation, and the settlements are sealed, so we don't know See, how much they got paid off. I, I'll go right back in my soapbox for just a second on the legal system. <laughs> you absolutely <laughs> cannot seal these things, including in civil cases where a company that does something terrible and, you know, kill, and yeah. where they out-of-court settlement and, and, and they seal the facts of that case. Yeah. You're essentially hiding from the public the dangers of your product or your own. That, that, that's insane, and that can cause continued deaths. Yeah. And, and it, yeah. that's that's absolutely should be illegal. If you and, know such thing is a sealed verdict. And there also shouldn't be the condition that the person can't can't talk can't yeah, talk that, about that. It. You should be illegal for that yeah. to, to be a thing. If or if you file don't, criminal charges. Yes, if you don't want to settle because you can't do those things, go don't fuck settle. yourself. Try yeah. to knock yeah. yourself out in court and lose and lose worse. Yeah. But those are not those cannot be parts of any settlement. You cannot seal cannot seal documents and cannot stop the person victimized by you from talking about it and from. Seeking criminal justice. I agree. 
Let's change this. Let's change the law. The one case that didn't settle, and here this will answer your question, Lucas McConnell. He was one of the two boys in Brian Jennings' truck. Okay. That's what I meant. Uh Uh-huh. So after the crash, both doors on the truck were jammed shut, and the boys were covered in shards of glass. Lucas climbed out of the back window and saw horrific things. And I don't know. See, it doesn't say how badly he was hurt. But I think a lot of it is would have been like emotional distress. Absolutely. Yeah. PTSD for the rest of his life. Yep. And he believes he saw Ethan, you know, roaming around amid the chaos. And he heard him say, I only had two beers and I'm not going to get in trouble for this. Yeah. Which I remember that. Yeah. yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Does it sound. Yeah. The uh, psychologist who treated Ethan and his parents after the crash and infamously used the term affluenza. Hey, hey, real quick, though, here's the thing. Motherfucker. I don't care if you had no beers. I don't care if you completely stone For real. Sober. You just killed four people through whatever it was. You were still going 70 miles an going hour. Speeding. I, I don't care if you, if you were... I mean, it, it should be worse Yeah, if you're when drunk. you're on drugs and, and, and yeah. alcohol. And by the way, you had obviously a lot more than two beers. Yes. Shit yeah. yeah. But it still is still to be criminal consequences for doing what, what he did there. Right. It's, that wasn't an accident. Quote, no, unquote. but it, it does depend on the circumstances of the accident. If there were no illegal substances involved, you know, if there, if he wasn't an impaired driver, it was dark. There were no flashing lights. Yeah. I'm just saying, it depends on the circumstances, say he wasn't speeding. Those accidents have occurred when the driver isn't really at fault because of the circumstances. Yeah, but if he wasn't going 70 and on drugs and whatever, the severity would not be nearly that bad. He should be in jail for 30 or 40 years. Yeah. The rest of his life. Yeah. Hopefully that's the rest of his life because he gets shivved at the end of it. Dr. Dick Miller. Well, Dick Miller is apt who? name. The psychologist. The yes. psychologist apt who treated the family. Dick Miller, you are coined a, the term. your name. <laughs> he said it was clear that they had a very dysfunctional family. Fred and Tanya gave Ethan incredible freedom with no regard for the law. Obviously, he saw his parents yeah. get in trouble over and over and over again with the law. They had no consequences. And that his abuse of alcohol and drugs had escalated for years. Instead of the golden rule, Ethan was basically taught, we have the gold, we make the rules. He also said that he thought Ethan probably had an anxiety disorder that he inherited from Fred. He said Fred is either an asshole, aggressive, loud, pushy, or he's frightened. And that both parents were complicit in enabling the kid. So, And that most of the time, obviously, as we know, Ethan had no consequences for his behavior. When he was 14 on 4th of July, Fred found Ethan passed out. He was told that Ethan had been drinking rum. He was mostly annoyed that Ethan was going to miss fireworks with the family. And so he shot them off with other kids instead. Um, (laughs) He let the nine-year-olds light it. Um, Honestly, yeah. Probably. This is when Ethan was 14. The kids he shot him off with. Yeah. Fred built a 7,000-square-foot house on three acres in northwest Fort Worth after the divorce. Uh, including a two-story guest house and an even bigger workshop. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> the success of square foot workshop at the mom's house. Why are these huge? Okay, question, Texas. Does everyone have a giant workshop for some yeah. reason? Yeah. 
I have, a, I have a condo, and out behind the condo building, we all have 6,000-square-foot workshops. So Is it all just compounds yeah, down there? I don't understand. Yeah, I don't either. Although he had much less land. He only had three acres. She had six acres. So then, at some point, uh, Tanya moved back in with Fred into the really? new 7,000-square-foot house. With a 21,000-square-foot workshop. And in 2011, they got remarried. Oh, God. Because, you know. Because they deserve each other. Yeah, they missed the beauty that was their marriage. God. We just have a little spark. We got some fireworks when we get together. So the he parents, beats people up, and I run people down. It's fun. <laughs> we're, just, we're a team. So the parents moved into the bigger house, and they still had the other house. Wait, is the bigger house the workshop? Because it's bigger. No, the 7,000-square-foot oh, one. Okay. The dad's house. And so Ethan gets the 4,000-square-foot house by himself? Correct. You're shitting me. <sighs> so it's by January 2013, which was Ugh. just a few months before the crash, Ethan was basically living by himself or with his cousin at the Burleson house, basically a few days a week, so not full-time. But when he stayed there, the house was empty. It only had a bed, a couch, an Xbox, and a big-screen TV. Everything that a 16-year-old kid needs, I guess. His parents, I'm assuming this was basically a lie, said that he was there to get the house ready for sale. Because, you know, <laughs> yeah. That's, He's handy. That's what you would entrust to your 16 yeah. year old kid. Yeah. Ethan, however, told his friends that he'd had a fight with his dad and that Fred had kicked him out. And that's why he was living there. <laughs> I think for, the truth is somewhere in between. Mm-hmm. Probably. Well, yeah. As in, neither of those things is true. Yeah. I mean, who would They're rather both lies. stay? Yeah, and he has parents who don't give a shit. Yeah, exactly. Fred said he would stop by every now and then to check on him, but he hadn't been there for at least a week before the crash. Where was he? At home. At at his home. With his parents. No. Ethan was at the old house. Ethan was at the 4,000 square foot Uh house. Supposedly getting it ready. Yeah, yeah. His dad said he would go check on him from time to time, but hadn't gone to check on him for at least a week. Okay, hadn't gone to check on him. You said it was, hadn't, oh, the dad hadn't been there. I think Mm -hmm. Ethan hadn't been there. No. Okay. Nope. One day, Fred had come over early in the morning and found beer cans in the garage. He woke up Ethan and asked who had been drinking, and Ethan told him they belonged to his older cousin. 17. Fred knew was a lie, but of course Fred didn't do anything about it. He doesn't drink Strohs. This is bullshit. (laughs) And like when Fred would give Ethan a consequence, like somebody had driven an old car that was parked out back that, you know, nobody, you know, it was specifically forbidden that anybody drive this car and Ethan drove it. So as punishment, Fred took away Ethan's truck. So what does the mom do? She just lets him take his tr- her truck so that he doesn't have to walk a mile to work and back. So his only consequences from his dad are uh, when he messes with his dad's shit. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Yep. And so this is just a couple months before the accident. On a night in February 2013, he was probably not supposed to be driving his truck, so he was driving his mom's truck when a police officer found him peeing in the parking lot of a Dollar General at 1 a.m. In the truck, uh, they found an unclothed 14-year-old girl, a can of Miller Lite, and a 1.75-liter bottle of Grey Goose. The police officer asked the clearly intoxicated 15-year-old what he was doing, and Ethan replied, what's it look like I'm doing? So what do you think the police officer did? Turned off his camera and beat the shit out of him. 
No, damn it. I was helping. I was helping there. You forgot Ethan's white. That's true. Shit. Called his mom to come to Jeez. the scene to pick him up. That's all. He wasn't arrested. And the officer's microphone captured the conversation between the mother and the son. Here's what the mom said. By the way, I didn't know you snuck out. And he said, what do you mean I snuck out? I told you I was. <laughs> well, you're not going to tell your dad that after you go out drinking and doing this. Ooh, sorry. Mama had two vodka. I don't remember. I drank honestly. one beer, he says. It yeah. doesn't matter, she said. Okay, we found a bottle of Gregory's dick shit. Yes. So although he had broken at least six laws, Ethan was only issued tickets for a minor in consumption and a minor in possession. Wasn't arrested. Wasn't investigated like, what were you doing to this naked 14-year-old passed out girl? So Tanya took Ethan home, left the truck, left her truck at the Dollar General, and when she was asked what happened to the girl, she said that morning, her mom picked her up, I assume, I guess. Oh, I don't oh, know. Oh, God. Not my problem. Yeah. He's a oh, my Jesus. So on the night of the accident, there was a... There was only one girl in the car. She was a 15-year-old girl named Star. She had Star. dated Ethan on Went and off. to Anderson for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I doubt it. She had dated Ethan on and off for a few months, but by the weekend of this little party, she had started dating Garrett, who was one of Ethan's friends who had gone to Anderson. And the weekend of the crash, um, or no, the weekend before the crash, she had been with them drinking at the guest house that was attached to the new house and Ethan's mom knew everyone was there and she said she'd had so much to drink that night that she had to be told the next day what she did and so she didn't feel like drinking again the night of the crash. They were all over at the old house partying and so the kids were all alone. There were no parents there. It was Garrett's birthday and another friend was leaving for the army so that's why Ethan was having the party. So, um, he had picked up all the kids, and uh, he lied to his parents, saying they were getting the grill ready for a Father's Day cookout the next afternoon. Mm-hmm. And so they, you know, get ready for the party, and they they posted things about the party on Twitter and Facebook. So people come over, they're doing shots, and then other kids come that that they he didn't know real well because duh, you posted it to Twitter and Facebook. But I don't think it was a huge party, but he didn't know all of the kids who were there. So at one point, they did go out to get beer, and I think they stole it. Hmm. Yeah, because they couldn't afford, you know. Well, they could afford it, but they couldn't buy it Oh, because they were 16, 15 and 16. So they stopped at an Albertsons. And um, I don't throw an Albertsons under the bus here. mm -hmm. Well, no, because they stole it. Okay. And there's like security cameras or no no they they couldn't get it at albertson's okay. because security was watching them too bad okay. so they ended up going someplace else and they did they stole it i think uh from a walmart okay. actually so they go back to the house everybody gets super drunk star who's the only sober one is bored and then she realizes that she's starting her period so the Ethan tells her there's probably something in one of the bedrooms or the bathrooms. So she goes looking for it. She can't find it. So she's got to go. She calls two cab companies to pick her up and they don't answer. So she can't get a ride home. Ethan says he'll take her to this. He'll drive her just, it's a mile to the gas station to get tampons. So 
he does a shot of Everclear. Jesus. And because there are some kids at his house that he doesn't know, he's not comfortable leaving them all at the house, which is why they all pile into his truck. And that's why he has kids in the bed and kids in the cab. So so he even knows some of those people in the... the, mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. So as they're walking out to get in the truck for an unknown reason, Ethan picks up a box fan and smashes it on the ground. So she's not so sure that she wants to get in the car with him because he was so drunk. But Garrett, the boy that she is now dating, reassures her that he's seen Ethan drive like this plenty of times. And he's just fine. So they all get into the car and... So she feels incredibly guilty because if she didn't need a tampon, they wouldn't have been going out that night. As they got out of the driveway, Ethan gunned the engine. The kids, some of the kids were yelling at him to stop. He laughed and started driving on the wrong side of the road. So he got back into the right lane, but he overcorrected. And that's when he drove onto the grass and hit the people. So so he was fucking around immediately before the... Murder. Yep. Yep. Analysis of the truck showed it was going as fast as 74 miles per hour when its airbags deployed and he never even touched the brakes. Jesus. Yep. Star had been sitting in the back seat on Garrett's lap and she regained consciousness in the front seat covered in broken glass and blood. So obviously she wasn't wearing a seatbelt. And she said she saw Ethan slumped over the wheel and she was screaming his name and he wouldn't move. Well, that's at odds with what the boy said about him wandering around the crash scene. Well, he must have gotten out a little bit later. Yeah. And probably regained consciousness and got out of the car. Yep. So this is another little tidbit that will make you happy. Dr. Dick Miller, G Dick Miller. Uh huh. He was paid $15,560 for his treatment of Ethan and his testimony in the case. See, that's, I mean, I know defense has every right to experts, you know, as, as well as the prosecution. The prosecution has forensic experts and defense has, yeah. can hire experts. I totally get that. I'm okay with that. But there has grown this cottage industry of sleazy, quote-unquote, experts who is, you know, get, cash me. If your check doesn't bounce, I will say what you want me to say. Yeah. And we can't say that's not true. We know that's true. We've oh, seen yeah. a million incidences of that. Uh, G. Dick Miller, by the way, is still practicing. I'm sure he is. he's on rate MDs. Oh, he has a 1.3 out of 5 oh, God. rating. How it's higher than 1, because it goes 1 to 5, is baffling. So they have one long one here who gave him a 5, because he's a you know sack of shit like G. Dick Miller. But some brutal, brutal ratings yeah. of, of Dick Miller. I'm sure a lot of them don't even don't go to him. But yeah. one person said that, one, that he raped her. Oh my God! Yeah. Oh, but otherwise, they're more like this guy is evil. This guy is awful. He's scum, soulless mouthpiece for hire. Obviously, knows nothing about psychology. One and a half. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah, anyway, that's uh, that's G. Dick Miller. And so Bedford, Texas. I wish I can give you more information on him. Two weeks after the crash, Ethan was shipped off to a very nice rehab facility in Newport, California, Jesus. that offered equine therapy and cooking classes. Oh my God! I'm when he checked in, he had a broken neck, a broken rib, and a broken arm. His parents, a broken soul. Fred and Tanya, flew out every week, first class, to see their son and participate in group therapy. They didn't miss a weekend. But after about two months, on the advice of Dr. Miller and the people treating him, Fred took his son out of that 
very nice rehab center and brought him home. The rehab bill, or I, I, did I say on the advice? Against the advice. Oh, okay. Of Dr. Miller and the people treating him. The rehab bill um, at that point, after two months, was about $90,000. So Fred testified he was running out of money. So Okay, he can go spend the rest of the time in jail. Well, so then he went, this is before his sentence. Before, uh, this was... Sh- oh, that was... I Because yeah. I thought he was sentenced to a beautiful California rehab. Well, he was. Okay. After the December sentencing hearing, Ethan uh, was moved to a facility in Vernon, Texas. That was not quite as nice as the place with equine therapy in Newport Beach, California. It had fences and guard towers. And then for some reason, after several months there, he was transferred to a program in Amarillo. He didn't see his parents quite as often, which is interesting. <laughs> yeah, no. Because he wasn't as far it's away. not surprising. Mm-hmm. So Ethan's sentence was controversial because of the whole affluenza thing, but it's pretty consistent with how most juvenile manslaughter cases in Texas are handled, at least when they're first-time offenders and not from poor minority inner-city families. So it says, very infrequently do nonviolent, non-intentional crime land a juvenile in jail. So This is so egregious, uh-huh. though. He's so clearly impaired. He was so clearly driving recklessly. Mm-hmm. I don't care if it's your first time. You don't. No one gets a pass on murder, on mass murder. So the parents split up again just a few months later because, you know, the stress of everything was just overwhelming. In the summer of 2014, Fred was charged with impersonating a police officer. The circumstances aren't really clear of why he was impersonating a police officer, but apparently officers responded to a disturbance call in the middle of the night, and when they arrived, Fred was there. He identified himself as a police officer. One of the officers happened to have worked where from the jurisdiction where he said he was a police officer from and didn't have any idea who he was. Fred showed them a badge, so they Jeez. let him go. Jeez. But the officer thought to you know call the chief later and confirm that he was not a police officer. Yeah. So he was arrested for that. Within a few minutes, though, after that arrest, he paid $2,500 bail and walked away. And he was sentenced to 120 days in jail, but it was probated for a year, which meant he would only have to serve the time if he was found guilty of another charge or violated the terms of his probation. Yep. I mean, can you imagine if a non-rich white person in Texas did that? Yeah. Impersonated a police officer. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. He'd still be in prison. Maximum yep. sentence, yeah. So in December of 2015, more than two years after the crash, a video was uploaded to Twitter that appeared to show a now 18-year-old Ethan at a party where alcohol was being served, and he Oops. was playing beer pong. That was a violation of his 10-year probation. Because he has a genius intellect. He's so smart, he knows mm-hmm. to upload his criminal behavior that will get his probation Yep. Part of his pro- juvenile probation uh, was the requirement that he not drive, drink alcohol, or use drugs. Unless in the course of playing beer pong, I believe was yeah. the clause. So after he failed to check in with his probation officer, they began a search for Ethan and his mom. They couldn't find him. They went on the lamb. Yeah. Do you remember this? They were in Mexico. I do. Yep. I do remember this. They tracked him to Puerto Vallarta. Of course. <laughs> Where five star. They had dyed his hair black. Yes, I do remember that. How did they find him? 
They used a cell phone to order pizza from Domino's. Uh, they, they are the stupidest <laughs> humans alive. Again, proof. <sighs> Wealth and intelligence are possibly negative. Negative correlate. Yeah. Seriously. Yep. I agree. And at the time of his sentencing, he was told that his case would be transferred to the adult system when he turned 19. So um, that's what happened. And he was sentenced to jail for 720 days. Not nearly enough. 180 days for each of the four people that he killed. That's sickening. That's six months. That's crazy. So, of course, while he was in jail, his attorneys tried to argue for a new judge and, and, you know, they tried to appeal and all that kind of stuff. The motion for the new judge was denied twice. And then the Texas Supreme Court denied a request to, that they intervene in the case. So, you know, I think out of just sheer embarrassment at this point, right? This was a notorious case again. I I think they realized, you know, we got to do something. We, We can't just let him off again. Although I would argue, Six months per per life is is letting him off again. Well, yeah, I mean, I. And what was the maximum? Why not ten years? Why not? Uh, well, the whatever maximum, the maximum was. Uh, it depends on. Yeah, I don't know, but you know, like what in California would be till you're, I think, like twenty six or something like that. I don't know. You can if you're a juvenile. Yeah, in California. And yeah, so. like 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 um, you know, you'll make up for a past screw up. Remember O.J. Simpson? Yeah, everyone knows he got away with murder. Nevada knew he got away with murder when he did yeah. that kidnapping charge. So and I can't remember exactly. He had like 13 33, years. 33. He only spent like 13, though. He spent nine. Nine. Okay, sorry. 33 years. I've been listening to Confronting OJ. Have you? Okay. Well, 33 <laughs> years for something he very, very clearly would not have gotten nearly that long of a sentence had he not been a, yeah. a past murderer who got away with murder. Yeah, probably. So, um, nine years? Okay. Well, that's, that's, then he's, he, he more or less still got away with murder then. Oh, yeah. Murder. Yeah. Um, so after, uh, I think, uh, what happened was, you know, they were trying to, they were going through the motions to extradite the Montagna and Ethan. And uh, for some reason they didn't fight it. So they probably were, they wouldn't do time in a Mexican jail. They were, that's probably true. So after they were returned to the United States, Tanya, the mom was charged with hindering apprehension and money laundering because she withdrew $30,000, at least $30,000 from a bank account before she fled to Mexico. She faces up to 10 years in state prison on each charge. And I don't think she's even gone to really to trial really? on this This was late yet. 2017, so it's been... Yeah. Wow. I know. So... What? That's baffling. And she's been in and out of jail ever since. Her bail was reduced from $1 million to $75,000 in January... She's the definition of a flight risk. I know. In January 2016, and she was released. She had an ankle monitor, and she was required Wait, to... In, in January 2018, you, meant, you said 16. That can't be right, since that was before they did Oh, yeah, it you're right. Yeah. This does say 16, but... Okay, so it, it was 18 after. or 19? Yeah, but she was also required to um, abstain from drugs and alcohol, and she had to have regular drug testing, which, you know, she would routinely fail. So yeah. she's yeah. been in and out of jail ever Mama since. Mama gotta have her V's. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, on April 2nd, 2018, just a few days before he turned 21, Ethan was released from jail, where he had spent two years. He still has the the 10-year probation, I think, and he has to wear a GPS ankle monitor. He has a 9 p.m. curfew and a substance abuse, abuse patch to monitor his alcohol use 
and it's a band-aid a camera equipped ignition device on his car what a brutal life mm-hmm. terrible well he should be in max lockup yeah and all that goes with it oh so here's tanya's she she failed a urine test and then the next month so she was arrested but then released you know they reinstated her bond and then the next month, another test came back positive for meth. Jeez. Jesus. Yep. So, so then they Maybe held Maybe she her, is running out of money. They held her in bail, or they held her in um, jail without bail. And so she may, I think she's in jail right now. Her trial is scheduled, her trial was scheduled for November 2018, and I couldn't find anything huh. about what so was going on with her. Been, well, okay. So, yeah. So, you know, while affluenza is not... Uh, real. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Carrie. It's not just real. It was first coined, though. This is interesting. Off, in girl. 1954. Really? Yeah. No, it's not real. I mean, it's not yeah, a real, not real psychiatric diagnosis or anything like or that. Or a concept. But in 1954, a member of one of San Francisco's prominent founding families, Fred Whitman, used the term. Um, basically arguing that rich people suffer from feelings of guilt, lack of motivation, extreme materialism, and isolation. That's a different <laughs> definition of that. <laughs> it so, is. Okay. However, in April 2014, people drew parallels between the case of Ethan Crouch and Robert H. Richards IV. Okay, right there. Have you there. ever heard of him? Robbie Rich Air, <laughs> the I know. fourth. Heir Jesus. to the DuPont Fortune. Uh, uh-uh. Guess what he was convicted of? Uh, Raping his three-year-old daughter. Oh my Jesus! He was spared prison time after his lawyers argued that an inmate of his profile would not fare well in prison. Good. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Yep. So it's pretty disgusting. Give him a mm-hmm. okay. Give him a solo aluminum box in the heat for the next forty years. That's fine. He, no one's going to hurt him. <laughs> yeah. So anyhow, I I have a few more things, but I don't want to talk about it. Basically where, you know, academics have done studies. Psychologists have, have done studies. Um, the, you know, the poor little rich kid thing where it is a real thing. Here, the only thing I do want to say is that the children of the affluent do engage in more high-risk behavior, including extreme substance abuse and promiscuous sex. And drug and alcohol use and abuse is higher among affluent teens than their inner city counterparts, hmm. which is would be shocking to Counter a lot to of people. Every stereotype. Uh-huh. And surveys have revealed that full-time college students are two and a half times more likely to experience substance abuse or dependence than members of the general population, and half of all full-time college students report binge drinking and abuse of illegal or prescription drugs. Well, that doesn't surprise me. Well, that's yeah. not really an affluence thing. And that the serious thing. depression or anxiety among affluent kids is two to three times national rates. Yeah. So I'm not, you know, I don't know cause uh, my and suspicion, effect. My suspicion of that is what? that self-reported. Right? Yeah. Okay, so there, it could be that, that rich kids are more likely to understand or, or to report these things like I suffer from fill in the blank, whereas uh, poor kids are less likely to because, the, the, because they, they don't just use have that to as a crutch. It up and yeah, go along yeah with their exactly. Lives. I, yeah. That, that, I'm hugely suspicious of that determination. <laughs> it sounds like yeah. um, a measurement error. 
Yeah, but it's also because okay, we because yeah. we've talked about this before that <laughs> they just may be more likely to recognize. Oh, I have symptoms yeah. of depression and anxiety. Exactly. Yeah. It. So, do they really have it, or yes? I'm not saying are, are likely. Do they really to... have it more than? No, I, I I will bet you they do not. Yeah, they're more likely to recognize it or claim it. Yes, and uh, false claim it. Yeah, even. So yeah, I think that's, that's probably bullshit. I yeah. mean, you know, it's the whole little, uh, you know, the rich people. Oh, you don't know how hard it's hard being rich, and things like, oh, shut the fuck up. Well, but see, rich people are, are have no, problems I too. Don't... No shit, but you have one problem that the rest of us do not have which is not have to worry about anything to do with money, which is one of the number one causes of depression Correct. and divorce and things like that in the world. And you don't, yeah. you, that right now gets X'd out of your life. So shut up, well, suck it up. I, I don't, I Whiny little bitches. That far. Well, Jack wants to eat the rich. So I'm actually yeah, quite, I'm ready to here. break out the guillotines. Okay. It's almost All right. time. All right. I'm in the middle. Carrie is apologist for them. I no, just I'm want to not. see them. But I'm not going to justice. discount somebody's mental health. And I'm health ready to barbecue one. Because to them. they happen to be wealthy. Yeah, well. No, no, not at all. It depends I, I on what they're complaining about. Yeah. Yes. Sure. Sure. If they're compl- I've had such a hard life yes. because I've had I all know. these opportunities and this <laughs> money and I have so many <laughs> options with what to do. I don't know which one to pick. Which good option to pick? Well, fuck you, Wentworth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't pick him Wentworth. No, you don't they, mean Wentworth Miller, do you? No, that's I just a name that sounds okay. highfalutin. Yeah. It does. Like Robbie Richards. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. But maybe they don't, they've never gotten any attention from their parents because, you know. Well, yeah. Ha! Really? Because that's the fucking most important thing in a child's life, Dean. Uh, poor people don't, <laughs> don't, don't, don't aren't necessarily going to get attention what from their parents am. as well. It has nothing to do with richness. Richness? It has nothing to do with affluence or wealth at all. No shit. They, they. I'm sure so a lot I'm of rich. So I'm not saying a poor no, kid can't saying, complain that they yeah. don't get attention okay. from their parents either. Okay, all right. But that that would be a valid Thing issue that a rich about, kid has. No matter yeah. your. But it has nothing. I'm saying it has nothing to do with their money at them. Doesn't mean mm, they have. Agree. Agree. It has nothing to do with richness. Is what I'm saying. Separate those two. Y'all are agreeing. I don't know why y'all arguing. Y'all do this a lot. No, this don't. whole podcast no, has don't. been carrying uh, arguing, uh, but they agree. Jack is traumatized. We've traumatized. Oh Jack yeah, here traumatized. We yes. actually don't. He's, if he well, this could be your excuse. This whole podcast, though, yeah. kinda, pretty much. Kinda. I don't know what either of you have been saying for half of this podcast. <laughs> Let's be real. Uh, okay. I actually do have. Well, some you knew I was going to get angry at this. No. You have Mom. what now? State, I, I'm like, this is going to I end. don't have, no, I don't have sympathy for what he did, and I don't think he deserves leniency for what he did. I have sympathy oh, I for the way he was raised and his The childhood. shitty upbringing he yes. had. Yeah. I can, I mean, sure. And, and I believe, sure. <laughs> ha- had he not had those parents and, you know, those circumstances, he probably wouldn't have behaved the way he behaved. Yeah, I'm, I'll say I have sympathy I, for like five-year-old Ethan and like maybe nine-year-old Ethan, but once you get like yeah, sure. past I, I, I level of conscious and your, empathy, fuck you. I don't know. It's the whole nature-nurture thing. I think he would be a, a well, piece of shit regardless yeah. of his upbringing. And, and you know what? His upbringing doesn't sound all that horrific to me. Uh, you know, rough upbringing is a dime a dozen. I, mean, I don't know about that. So what? That's No, that's not so what. I'm saying so... So again, what's the point of? So because a lot of kids are treated like shit, you can't feel sorry for one kid who's treated like shit. I feel sorry for all the kids who are treated like shit. Okay, but I was. But when you kill four people, you lose that sorry. I never said 
It was an excuse. I said. Not an excuse. I say you lose any sympathy, even if you deserve some in the past. You're. That, that's it. I mean. That, yeah, but I, and and I'm saying that I think it's probably the number one contributing factor to why it happened. That and vodka. No, I think I'm right. Yeah. <laughs> about what? What did you say? About, I have I have some sympathy for like five year old Ethan. Yes, yes, I agree. Because yeah. he was going through it, but once you get past like twelve, thirteen, yeah, you, gotta you have somewhat like. You can make decisions a little bit. Yeah. Fuck you. Okay. Yeah. I, you know, 16-year-olds barely have two brain cells to rub together. Wow. They cannot. Oh I love, you we continue to say this. You, you, can, you infantilize teens no, so much sometimes. I don't infantilize them. That's adolescence. They're not infants. Their adolescents are worse than infants. Oh my God. Oh, proving my point. Adolescents, dumber than toddlers. They by don't Carrie. have impulse control. They they, they shit themselves. They don't think they don't out a lot of adults don't either, ma'am. Of course they, <laughs> they don't have options. Have you met they his don't parents? Think out long-term consequences. They, I mean, it's it's biological. It's a fact. This Their is a brains podcast. are not. Yes, we'll do this in a different podcast. Fully developed. So we need to wrap this up. Yeah, please, <laughs> Carrie. Tell me they can find us, and we hope you're as angry as I am right now. Weird World podcast on Instagram and Facebook and Gmail and uh, Weird World Pod on Twitter. Oh, and Weird World Podcast on Patreon. You know we're going to listen to this again before we upload. I'm just going to get angry again. It's just, yeah, we're going to have to delete half of I'm it. I'm telling myself, my, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm telling my future self, Dean, just calm down. Just calm down. Okay. Well, you thank you. Write that on your notepad before we okay. start. Okay, just calm down. But thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you. you. Until next time, we'll we'll for sure our next one will be something a little more uplifting. <laughs> Maybe a little lighter next time. All right. Okay. Bye. Bye. Yeah, bye.